secrets from a coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, how are you doing? I'm all right now, <gasps> after I've kind of got over myself. There, there I am on the Monday, jump starting my January. And then, you know, obviously things took a change and my gosh, it took until about Thursday to uh, feel okay again. And I've noticed, Debs, I seem to work on a three-day cycle. Oh, tell me more, Law. Well, big change kicks in. Day one, I'm all gung-ho about it. Day two, I'm still kind of thinking. And then day three, it hits me <laughs> like a train. And um, it takes me then that day until day four to kind of get over myself. So am I normal, Debs? <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone asks that law in coaching. Am I normal? Is that is I'm am I the same as other people? And you're absolutely normal because that's your <laughs> normal, right? We all go through it. <laughs> I, I can't work out if I feel comforted or not. It's my normal. <laughs> it's okay. your normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Feel comforted by that. You're not alone, law. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and in terms of sort of an initial high and then a slump. So what what kind of um, experience have you had from all your many conversations with people in terms of dealing with change and how that impacts motivation? Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting one because um, it impacts people in different ways. So we are very unique in the way it does impact us and what um, how we feel about it as well. Um, and if we're in a good place with our well-being and our resilience and we're looking after ourselves well, we can normally pick ourselves up quite quickly and get back on. Um, if we're not in a great place and there's loads going on for us, and um, we can sometimes, as I call it, like sit and swim in it, um, where we're just not getting ourselves out of it. And then we drag ourselves even further down. And the negativity that then starts the chattering in our heads and the inner critic starts to come in and it just escalates. Um, so we have to be able to just recognise it and just pull ourselves back out of it. And, and just ask ourselves that question, you know, what's what's going to help me right now to get out of this stuff that I'm in, this funk that I'm in? And, and also what's going to make the biggest difference to me right now as well? Um, so that you can recognise, if you like, what you need to be doing to get you back to wherever it is you were, you were heading or where you wanted to go um, so that you don't stay in that place of negativity and and oh woe is me and nothing's going my way because the more negative talk we have the more negative we feel the more we're sort of in, encouraging and have that come towards us rather look for the positives within it what's the opportunity mm. that this has given me mm. I mean it's remarkable how personally I took this recent bout of change you know as if it was purposely put together to just you know, fox yeah. up all of the plans that had been put together. And it really struck me this week, Debs, about how it's kind of two sides of the same coin. On the one side, you've got motivation, but it's got to be backed up by equal amounts of resilience. Otherwise, yes. all that motivation just ends up in this big pile of disappointment. And you feel even worse than if you hadn't got yourself motivated in the first place. And I guess yeah. I'm learning recently that it's, it's the two come in hand in hand, don't they? There's the motivation yeah. to fire yourself up. And then there's the resilience to keep chopping the wood and put it on the fire to keep it going. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think also, um, you know, whether you do nothing or you do something, you're, you're still making a decision. 
Um, and that doing something is going to get you back out of it. And you say, if you, but you've got to be in, um, I think you've got to be in a good place with, you know, sleeping well, eating healthily, having some exercise, you know, all the stuff that we, we hear all the time. Um, I was just talking to somebody earlier today, actually, Law, who's just in, just in a not a good space at this moment in time. And when you listen to the different circumstances and, and what was going on for them, they have got so much going on for them. And then I think the homeschooling bit for them was like the tipping point. So the conversation we had literally before I came on here was to say, you know, what can you do differently? What's going to make the biggest impact for you? You know, recognise what you have achieved, those small wins, you know, like you did get out of bed this morning. You did get all your three children dressed and ready. You did give them food. They did read a book. You know, so so what are the little small things that you're doing? Because the more self-aware we are, the more likely we are to recognise when we need to be more motivated or need to dial that up a little bit more. But we have to know what we're doing already. Yeah. Wow. So, um, I mean, I think what's always such a privilege in the in the roles that we have is you get an insight into many different people's lives and the different circumstances and situations they're in. Yeah. So what would be some top tips you would share based on real life practical conversations in terms of boosting your individual levels of motivation? Not on the good days, on the challenging days. So what yeah. would be your practical set of tips that you would share? I think the one, um, and we use this a lot anyway, is that, you know, what what can I stop doing? So that lovely stop, start, continue. So what can I actually stop doing that's not helping me? And be really conscious of the things that aren't helping you. So if you're, you know, rather than cook a meal, you're going to have crisps and a glass of wine. Is that helping? And it's questioning, I think, yourself a little bit more. So what can I stop doing? which then in turn sort of looks at the bit that I always look at. So, you know, what can I continue to do that I know already helps me because I know it works for me? So that, you know, I'm sort of mixing it up a little bit, but the continue is the bit that we're safe with, that we we know we can do and we've done it a hundred times and we're in control of that. And then it's that bit that says, right, so what are you going to start to do? What one thing will you do differently um, so sort of slightly shifting that stop, start, continue to stop, continue, start that would sort of bring you back up. Um, and also, I think the language that you talk to yourself about, I think that can also, you know, make a big difference. Oh, God, spot on. Um, I remember someone giving me some um, advice because they they caught um, basically a, a little kind of pattern I had of using the word stressful all the time. Okay. Even to describe a good day. So they might say, how's your day today? And I go, yeah, it wasn't too stressful, actually. <laughs> um, so even the good things I was labelling as being absence of stress as opposed to stressful. And of course, the language you use, I think, therefore I am, you're looking at the whole landscape around you as if it's just stress, either presence or absence of it. And it was when I really first started to wake up to the power that language has how we talk to ourselves mm. is your view of the world isn't it so rather than it wasn't too stressful just replacing it with it was okay actually <laughs> and you yeah. feel better because yeah. you're using different language but I think one of the things that has struck me and especially in conversations I have in sessions that I run with you know people is that the, the power of language sometimes we don't realize just how much we either box ourselves or free ourselves on the language that we use, and my my um one of my I'm I'm forever grateful to um our friend Lex for introducing me to the concept of high frustration tolerance. Yeah, basically, am I able to bring a sense of calm 
as opposed to drama. So aiming for karma, not drama, when when external events happen. And am I inadvertently winding myself up and making myself feel enraged because of the way I'm talking about it? And it's been really interesting. The people I've been working with this week have really enjoyed this. So um, I thought this might be useful to share on this podcast. So it's the flip side of individual motivation. So I've done all my plans. I'm all jumped up for January and then boom, change happens. Mm. How do I handle that change? Am I using language that is very hot language like I can't bear it when things happen I'll never be able to do this it's impossible to juggle all these things and then that's just all that drama going round in your head and if we're able to shift to high frustration tolerance low frustration tolerance language so we're boosting our tolerance so yeah. using language of preference that's yes. what I remember Lex telling me so language of preference which is not pretending everything's all right when it's not It's not putting a gloss on because then that just hardens you even more. But it's language like, I'd prefer it if I wasn't given two hours notice to homeschool. (laughs) It's not going to be easy to balance everything, but I'm no better off or worse off than anyone else. Um, It's uh, if I don't get it perfect, then at least I'm learning something every day. And what that does is, is it just puts you into a much calmer you're not in victim mode, which is always oh, all horrendous. You're in agent yeah. mode. So I'm the agent of my life. And that, on the tougher days and the tougher times of my life, has been genuinely life-changing because it means you can then actually support yourself rather than berating yourself. And I think for anyone who is dealing with these scenarios with no other adult to bounce off, then what voice are you talking with? And that language of preference, so simply replacing it from, I can't stand it when replacing that to I'd prefer it if yeah Yeah. (laughs) and it's just incredible the shift that has you instantly just feel your blood pressure calm down in terms of how you handle stuff yeah it's a really and I think that you're quite right the language we talk to ourselves is it can be great or it cannot be Uh, and that when we sort of tell ourselves you know I have to do that or I must do that or I should do that um, what it actually does is weakens your motivation as well because it's like oh, I should be doing that and it's like oh I can't be asked you know so and therefore it's that you know that cycle we go on where we go yeah but as well comes into it so when we have that power of choice um, and as you said to just simply reframe the language to choose um, you, you that you're choosing to be could be inc- incredibly empowering for people um, and that motivating language you know you you can hear it and you know you can then act on it um, and I think you know by choosing your words really carefully uh, you can make them work for you you know I always think of Nike with their you know just do it you know when, when you know that logo is like world known when you just have to know but oh, just do it and yeah just do it because even if you might not feel like it by doing it you might go, oh, actually, that wasn't too bad. So it's just you sort of gearing yourself up and, and having that motivation to just start somewhere. Okay, so let's say I've been all jumped up January, got my beautiful journal and all my kind of notes and then, uh, you know, tear the page out and start writing it again. <laughs> what would be your advice as we all make our tentative steps through these next waves of change? What would be your advice in terms of recognising what you have achieved, even if it was a bit different from what the plan was? So any tips on that? That did it list is a really good way of going, yeah, I did that. I did it, whatever it might be for you. And that just jotting some stuff down, like, you know, like I said to the person I was talking to earlier today, you know, just capture 
what you have actually done, you know, to get you through today, even to get you on the call with me, you know, that type of thing. Um, and then somebody else um, came back, I think after we you sort of talked about, uh, did it, uh, you know, they talked about a ta-da list. Ta-da, you know, I've done that, you know, and it's similar things. So whatever works for you, whether it's a did it list or a ta-da, um, it's that bit of recognition, self-recognition builds the motivation um, that then builds the sustainability beast that enables you to keep on going. Um, and that ability to, um, I suppose, the motivation is is a real vital resource, if you like, within us to be able to adapt, um, to be able to maintain our well being um, in the face of that constantly changing experience that we're that we're in at the moment, um, so that we can look for the opportunities that are there um, and just don't sweat the small stuff. You know, I think there's that as well. Look at that small stuff and go, yeah, don't discard it. Just recognise it because those little things become big things, which make you feel good. So I've been running lots of um, motivational sessions with teams this week. So it's uh, it's marvellous when you can see across the Zoom when people have um, actually had a think about what they want to achieve. Yes. So um, how much do you think it's important in motivation in terms of kind of who it's for? So I've been using your letter to my future self exercise with teams and it just electrifies the, the level of energy because you see people thinking, actually, what's the year that I want to happen? Yeah. Let me screw some thoughts down and then they come back from the breakout rooms you can see it on their faces they just look 10 years younger they look energized because you've got that childlike belief again of actually anything is possible regardless yeah. of your current circumstance or your age etc so what would be your tip for anyone that is thinking right come on this, this is time for me to pull myself together get my head in gear what would be your advice in terms of the type of goals we set with individual motivation yeah good question actually so it's got to be something that is just for you you know if you're doing it for somebody else or something that's not going to keep it sustained you're not going to keep the motivation going because it, you're, you're not connecting with it so I think no one else can make stuff happen apart from yourself. So if you can connect that, what do you really want? And then that motivation is I'm doing this for me because, and then, you know, put some language around that that enables you to, to connect it even deeper with yourself. You are more likely to do that. You know, I, I sort of remember loads of people be speaking to us about, you know, well, I'm going to lose weight. And I would say, why? You know, what's your why? You know, what's it's behind this? So so I can fit into this and I can fit into this. I said, yeah, but what about you? Are you doing it for you? Not because you can fit into a size 12 or 24 or whatever it might be. And they go, oh, yeah. And the minute they switch that to doing, I'm doing it for me, nobody else not for the clothing manufacturers, not for my other halves. I'm doing this just for me because I want to feel good. Um, you know, I want to feel better um, and I'm doing it because it's important. Um, and I think that bit about making it really important to you will enable you to keep moving forward. I mean, I know we talked earlier, didn't we, Laura, about, you know, Joe Wicks, what an inspirational man he is, right? Um but, you know, yes, he'll motivate you. So he's an inspiration and he will motivate you or fire up your motivation to want to go and do it. But only you can sustain it. He can't make you do it week in, week out. He might inspire you to do it, but that motivation has to come from within. OK, so this topic is all about individual motivation, particularly through times of adversity and challenge. So the obstacle is the way. My gosh, if we're able to motivate ourselves when there's lots of external noise, 
watch out world because when it all gets easier <laughs> we're going to be absolutely smashing it um, and the skills we learn of course I mean potentially we're role modeling some really practical um, skills you know going back to the World Economic Forum prediction of top skills yeah. by 2025 yeah. self-management resilience emotional intelligence these are going to be the things on the CV of the future and you don't learn no. those by reading a book you learn those things by standing there in the kitchen going what the heck has happened to my life <laughs> How do I pick myself up again? And how do I do it in a way that I bring hope rather than bitterness to how we view the future? You know, so that is stuff that is their hard won skills, but my gosh, you don't lose them overnight. They're there with you, that kind of resilience. So, what would be your final call to action to anyone listening thinking, come on then? So, I would say my call to action is ask yourself what's going to make the biggest difference to me right now? And then do whatever that one thing is that's going to make the biggest difference to you. If it is making a cup of tea, that's going to make the biggest difference to you right now, then do it. Just do it. And then if you need to push something back out of your diary or your calendar so you've got some time, just do it. But it's choice. You have the choice. Love it. I'm going to make the choice to move from drama to karma. Love that. Thank you, my darling. Anytime. Ah, see you soon. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Secrets from a Coach. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Secrets from a Coach. We'd love to hear from you. Email us on info at wishfish.org.uk.